And I said, okay, maybe sometimes they will not understand it. But wait, let me just go about a step further. In all your ways, in everything you do, acknowledge Him. So again, there's no room where like, okay, yes, I will acknowledge God on Sunday, and then on Monday I go to the office, like, ah, I'm in the office now, what else going to have to be involved in that? Said in all your ways, whether it's in the church, whether it's at the place of work, whether it's in our family, whether it's personally, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he will direct your path. And the funny thing is that the last line and the first thing are the most important things there. The only reason we trust God is not to direct our path. I mean, why else are we serving God? Why else are we here in church if not to actually like have him lead us? Hmm. But actually had to go that long road to eat like eating. With all your heart, not your understanding, mm-hmm. acknowledge in all your ways, and then I will direct your path. And so we can have faith, but if you don't keep the faith, if you don't allow our understanding to worry us, if you don't allow us, um, if you don't put all our hearts into it, then we might not get that outcome of interacting our path. And so it's really important to go to have, again, I said to have and to keep. So it's not, it's not about just, again, I have faith. Do you actually keep that faith in the face of challenges? Do you actually keep that faith when it's not convenient? Do you actually keep that faith when it's time to, when, uh, by not leaning on your own understanding? And so, again, it's very important not just to have it, but to also keep it. Uh, sometimes we have faith for certain outcomes. And so, uh, I wish we had discussed this a lot, like a couple of weeks ago, or uh, at least in the last couple of months, where we pray to God, uh, yeah, I think it was a faith-based where I said, when I said, can we trust God? Um, we trust God that we kind of like, kind of like, cajole him or like, I try to like, um, like, try to like make him do things for us because yeah, but I trust him for this now. Uh, yeah. So, I guess, so, so, so we trust God for certain outcomes. We say, but it doesn't play out as we expect it because God has different plans. If you look at Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9, Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9, it says, For my thoughts, I know your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. That was, that was verse 8. He said, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. So that's what we were saying here. Because many times we, we have faith in God, but we also are dictating the script. We're also dictating, we're leaning on our own understanding of how God will move. Lord, I'm hungry. I trust you for food. But God said, no. I'm going to give you a skill that will make you get the money that you need to eat. But then we are trusting God. I have faith in God for food. I have faith in God for food. I have given you a lot of food. God said, no, 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 no. Yes, I will give you that food. But I'm giving you the skill to give you making money so you can feed yourself. And so, make that wish. It's not enough for us to have faith and then dictate the outcomes or dictate how God will, how God will actually make things happen. We have to keep the faith in the face of wait. I'm not leading my understanding here. God, I have faith. I'm hungry, but I have faith in you. What do you want me to do? What, how do you actually want this to play out so that my needs are met? And in, in that way, we're not leading our understanding. We are trusting him with all our hearts and he directs our path to say, Here's the skill. Here's how you how you have to create great God. And here's how your meets are met. Uh, your meets are met. And so it's more, it's more than enough to actually, it's not enough to just say, I have faith in God for this. 
you have to actually keep that faith totally and entirely until the end when it's right out part. Um, so I said, so it's not enough to have faith. We need to also keep it in the face. You have to keep it in the face of the unexpected. Um, still that comes to mind here is like uh, someone can read for us Matthew 14, 22 23, NIV. I think I'm very specific here. That's from the NIV version. Matthew 14, 22 to 23. That's 11 verses. Uh, if Pastor read that, if possible. So, they the, the, the story of Jesus walking on water, by the way, so just for context there. But Matthew 14, 22 to 33, from the NIV version. Anybody? Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Mm. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was ready a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against him. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus merely said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and was beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out of his hand and caught him. You of little faith, mm. he said, why did you doubt? Mm-hmm. And then they climbed into the boat. Mm. The wind died down. Mm. Then those of you who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. 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 We've had this story so many times. Like, it's not like, I've never been here for the first time. Because I've been told not to assume, assume things mm. like this. <laughs> so, I mean, many of us have known this story about just walking on water. Yeah. Peter also walked on water. Peter saw Jesus walking on water. They weren't afraid for different reasons. They were afraid because they were stomach and everything. They were about to like they were about to perish. But they were just walking on the water. And they're like, ah, he began to be afraid of not only are we about to die, there's one guy space walking on water. Only don't know how many like folk tales or mythologies they had back then about maybe sea hunters and things like that. Here is one thing that I have to tell like, I Lord Jesus, it is me. And Peter said, Ah, it is you, Lord, tell me to come. And Jesus said, Come. And Peter walked on water. Peter, he had to have, he had to have had faith to walk on water. Because it's not logical. It's not normal. He had to have faith in this, that this is actually possible. So he actually did step out in faith. He did. Because, I mean, Jesus said, Come. Just didn't go to meet him and say, bring your hand, let's go. If that, if that would say, maybe just was having faith on top of them and he carried him along. But just said, come. And in faith, he said, okay. She told him to come, I'm coming. Well, let's in verse 32. He says, but when Peter saw the wind, when Peter saw the wind, perhaps he thought walking on water would be a calm experience. And just as you come now. Mm-hmm. So nothing can be. There's no everything going to be smooth sailing. When Jesus tells us to come, when Jesus says, when, when we are told to go out, you know, the only thing that there will not be challenges, there will not be things that would want to waver our faith, or want to actually like waver our focus. But, but again, 
Lily on his own understanding was, Jesus told me to come. So it's going to be a smooth ride. And so he went out. And he said, uh uh, there is still wind. And forgot went from Jesus to wind. And he said, immediately, he saw the wind. He said, he was afraid and began to sink. So he stood out in faith, but he didn't keep that faith. The wind was all it took for him to lose it. The wind was, so he said, immediately, he saw the wind. He was afraid. Wind focused from Jesus to the wind, set in fear, and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. He said, immediately, Jesus put out his hand and caught him and said, You of little faith, why did you doubt? For him to have been of little faith, he needs that faith because he does have said, You doubt that. You have called him for what he was. He was like, you came out with faith. You came out. You started this journey with faith. But you lost it. Why did you doubt? And the devil, that's his tactic. That's his number one tactic. He said, I have this. He's from the church today. He's heard about this faith, um, faith thing. And then he'll be feeling like Rambo now going on Monday, thinking everything is going to be smooth sailing. And then he'll start throwing things at us. The wings. <laughs> no, your rent is coming up. <laughs> your rent is coming up. You know, you, did, you, made, you know, you did the spreadsheets. It's not, it's not adding up. <laughs> you have to pay, you have to send that money, you have to do this one. Yeah, school, the children are back in school. You no. start throwing that wind at us. And look, I've spent out in things. You start focusing on the wind and start to sink. So, like I said, it's, it's, it's not enough to have faith. But it's very important that we keep the faith. In spite of the obstacles, in spite of the distraction, in spite of legitimate reasons why we should lose it. So again, I'm not saying that, oh, those things that happen, you should not say your day she like nothing can touch you. No. Like I can like those things, those wings are there, yes. But Christ has to come. And so that's what you hold on to. Uh, in Luke 17, 5 to 6. Luke 17, 5 to 6 from the ESV version. If anyone is there, first again, we ask me from the ESV version. Luke 17, I think Pastor Yabla is your phone. But remember that ESV version. Luke 17, 5 to 6, ESV. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, mm. you could say to this small berry tree, mm. Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and mm. it will obey you. Yeah. So, I'm going, I won't call it a tangent here, but I'm going to make a. I'm going to make a claim, and I, and I, I, mean, I have the conviction that this is true. Remember, but when that we actually pray, God, Include my faith. My, my faith when I started off on this journey was this. God, I want it to be like this. I think that's a wrong prayer. I don't think we should be praying that God, I want more faith. I think our prayer should be God, I want I don't want to lose the faith that I have. Because like I said at the beginning, when things are easier and calm, you can easily play with our faith. But when challenges Come, that's when our faith is put into test. That's when we actually see. I mean, we can proclaim it tonight, tomorrow. But if we actually do not exercise the faith, then you don't have it. 
And so our prayer should be in the place of adversity. When things, when my faith is tested, I want to actually retain it. Because this would, and that's what I said, what I this past, in the preceding verse, we're talking about like temptation, you'll be tempted, you'll face through afflictions and everything, and you'll be like, ah, oh, God, please have faith. God did not say, ah, yes, amen, more faith to you. He said, no, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you will tell this truth to be cast into the sea, and it will be so. So yeah, what we were saying here was that to go through these temptations, to go through this persecution, to go through these concerns and issues of life, it's not about the size of faith. It's if you actually retain that faith, even if that's small, as a mustard seed. And so again, it's not a matter of like, oh God, um, I think it's this much, and so I can actually like handle this thing. I need a bigger faith to handle this bigger thing. No, that same thing that you had, as long as you hold on to it, because faith again, it's a, I mean, look at the definition of faith. The sons of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Like, how do you mag- like put that into a magnitude? Like, it's a thing you have, but you don't have. Now, it's true, you say, oh, as a baby Christian, my faith, I mean, people who have faith enough, a lot. My faith is not enough for me to do this thing or not. I think it's, I think what I'm saying is just for, like, my understanding or my, like, my, my, yeah, like, how deep I, I've gone into this is not yet there. I don't think it's not really, I don't think it's about faith per se. But again, again, it's faith about you have it or you don't have it. Do you, would you trust God despite all of these warning signs and bells and whistles? That again, legitimately are concerned. I'm not saying that this is not really concerns. They should be things that we should be concerned about. Yes, lack and sickness and things, they are genuinely things to be concerned about. But do our faith waver? Do we go back to doing an understanding and say, faith? Pause. Let me figure this thing out first. Or do we still can anchor all of our being, all of our hearts mm-hmm. to that faith? Faith of being Christ being a healer. Faith of Christ being God. Quick, let's look at this very long, it's a very long passage of the Bible. Um, uh, if you can write it down and read it at home, that's what for time I will, I will summarize it. Look at um, look at It's a story about Jairus' daughter. Luke 8, 40 to 56. Write it down, read it when you get home. It's a story about Jairus' daughter. Um, she was sick. Jairus came to Jesus, fell at his feet, said, Lord, please, my daughter is sick. Follow me. Let's please come and do something. On the way to Jairus' house, and I said the girl was actually 12 years old. On the way to Jairus' house, here's another woman, in fact, the same has been sick with the issue of blood for 12 years. So that child's life span on this world is the same time that woman has been sick for 12 years. I think she has spent all her money on doctors and all, and doctors are getting. I said, and with faith in her heart, she had her faith. That if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she did that. She went, I mean, when I sick with that crowd, would have lost that faith saying, but I am weak. She was extremely sick. She would have been like, ah, for this crap, how will I maneuver myself to get to this guy's home of the garments? But not sure she did have, not only did she have the faith, she kept it. 
she kept it against all odds, against all blockages, against everything to say, ah uh ah. -uh. I shall have lost everything. All shall she said, oh, but I have a million dollars left. Maybe this for inconvenience is too much. Let me plan. Um, try another, another doctor. She has paid all she had all she had left was that faith in her. I said, I'll get my healing today. And she went against everything. She kept that faith or she touched the end of his garment and she was healed. But back to the story of Jairus. In the midst of that confusion of say, who touched me, who touched me? They said, Ah, Jairus, don't worry, master, the kid don't die. The daughter is dead. Now this Jairus man came to Christ with faith, saying, Christ, come and heal my daughter. But the daughter is dead. Now logical is that, well, I came with faith for healing. Daughter is dead. End of story. What did Christ tell him here? You know, at the beginning, we come to God, we should come to God dictating terms. If Jairus had come to God for the faith of healing, and that was it, like, my daughter is sick, she needs to be healed. And that's why he stopped. That was the end of the story. We came to God as an intervener, and, and Christ said immediately, he said in verse, so in verse, he said, don't be afraid. Only believe, and she will be well. Like, how do you... Like how you tell if a father has lost a 12-year-old daughter that don't be afraid, only believe she'll be well. It means that he said, in short, keep the faith you've already got, don't lose it due to the negative news around you. That faith that you have come with me, don't make this girl told you that is dead to make you lose it. You came to me that I would solve this problem. Now they've given you more information. The, woman, the, the, the girl is dead from God from sick to dead. Yes, that is true. But that's not making you lose your faith because you came to me having faith that I will fix this. And so, yes, you came with me to be with the faith of healing, but you are going, but what, what I want to manifest is the faith of resurrection. And so, again, like I said, if I come, if I come to tell God, God, my child is, my child is sick, come and heal, come and heal my child. That's the end. If you can't heal my child, nothing more. But he came to God and said, just come. And he said, just let, don't be afraid. Because again, the devil told us again, fear is the, is the, that's just the only way that devil can win. He said, don't be afraid. He said, only believe what? Only believe and she will be well. And he said, and so he kept the faith. He got there, he healed her, brought her back to life, and she was, she was, um, it was restored and, and, and given to the parents. Again, I, from, I mean, when I read that story again, I'm like, wow, like, many things that went through Jairus's mind. Maybe he heard that news that the daughter is dead. You could have said, ah, I wish that stupid woman is one that just came to, like, slow down Jesus. To, because, like, again, she got that alien there because she touched his home. Like, ah, ah, you just robbed rub me with my blessing. Which kind of uh, blessing still like this one? What you mean, you could have lost focus. You could have, like, given out to the girl give the news. Are you stupid? Are you crazy? Why did you come far earlier? Why did you come faster? You could have gone in many directions if you had made his own understanding and his own like physical reaction to the news. But just if you just step in and said, uh uh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear will just take you in different directions. Don't be afraid. As long as you believe, she will be well. And so keeping that faith, making jealousy hold on to that because they got to the room where the daughter was laid and yeah. If, like, he kept on that faith, and that was what brought about his own 
miracle. So we need to keep the faith, in summary. Uh, for his plan and his outcome is always better than our own good. I mean, imagine the testimony of Jairus. I mean, Jesus laid his hand on many millions of people when he was on earth and they were healed, but you, your child, that came back to life. And the testimony is greater than everybody's testimony. Hmm. But he had to keep that faith to help exactly get that blessing, to get to that outcome that God had planned from the, from the, from the onset. And we think just, if Jesus was actually crossing our way, he'd be like, ah, if I was the first man, you know, I was the first man, this from the dead, though. So he was not surprised. He knew what was going to like, happen the, from the end, from the beginning. He knew that oh, this guy was going to die before I get there and everything and all. But yeah, I'm going with you regardless. And so let's stick to God's outcome. That's our outcome. How to do our work is okay. Set our faith for your heart's desire. But don't dictate the terms to God how and when it should happen. So we'll be disappointed. Or even fear sets in. I said, that's it. Ask God that your journey be full, including asking God to show you the mystery of His ways. You know, you know, except my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than thoughts. Peter and Isaiah, I mean, Kirk says um, the secret belong, the secret things belong to God, but things revealed belong to us and our children. And so, if, with faith, you can also ask God. So, we don't always get disappointed or caught in our ways. How do you want this to happen? How do you want for this to play out? God, I'm coming to you, I'm coming to you because I'm sick. Mm. The story of the wise and foolish virgins. 
the other faith, the other oil. But some came prepared extra. Mm. Because leaning on their own understanding, they said the groom, bridegroom will come at twelve at um, ten o'clock. But God showed up at twelve midnight. Those that have had faith up to ten p.m. lost their faith because they're like, ah, so this we planned for this long, but it took longer. The Holy Spirit, which is the oil, is what made the five white virgins to tarry longer, to be prepared to wait longer for the bridegroom to come. And so the Holy Spirit is all we need. But you always say, endurance runners, say, when the pain hits you, that's when you should keep, keep moving. It's the Holy Spirit that will take us to that extra mile. Mm. Where the whole world will be like, ah, economy is bad, man. Is everything is going south, man. That's when the Holy Spirit steps in and gives us that extra mile. As it planted, it was, it was farming. As it planted. I wish everybody around him would be like, I think I was too crazy this one. Everybody's like just chilling around the shade. He's actually swelling until the ground planting seed, saying yes. But he did reap bountifully. And so the Holy Spirit again is that thing that will make us do the extraordinary thing that does not only make sense to people and allows us to actually like tarry longer. He also, like he again, will teach us when we God's work. He also like helps us to interpret it on how we can apply it to our, our lives. It can just be like just work for nothing. But mm-hmm. so how does this apply to you? How will this help me? How will this? And it also it will be the reminder. I said they said us a teacher, the reminder, remind us of, of all things. And so when we have faith, and that situation like arises, we just start thinking, ah, what is that word for this moment? No, because they want to begin to remind us whether it's I will not, I will not leave you or forsake you, or is that um, I feel the sparrows are they care for you. Whatever is that timely word that we need, that time that that faith is exercised will come to us through the Holy Spirit. And the last way to keep faith is to focus on God and not on man or things around us. Say Peter started sinking when he looked at the wind. Jesus said, Come, he was walking on water. When he looked at the wind, he started sinking. He lost the faith, he lost his faith when he changed direction. So, focus on God. Jairus could have lost his daughter if I focus on the news on her death. <laughs> death. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the end now. Death is the finality of life, but not with Christ. Mm-hmm. With Christ, death could be just a command, not a full stop. Mm-hmm. And so, if you are focused on the news that your child is dead, in fact, the man said, do not worry the master anymore. Mm-hmm. You didn't just say, your child is dead. You told him, Again, how to react to child's death. Ah, leave the master alone, that child is dead. From listen to that, I say, okay, let's go. I mean, it was what to do, man. Let's go and people ceremony. God will bless me for another child. That would have been his reaction. But again, it's, he just said, look at me. Don't be afraid. If only you believe, she will be born. So, because he kept his attention, his focus on Jesus, and not the news that come. His faith worked for him. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above and not on things below. And so, 
that she looked at the studio, she was working on WhatsApp as well. It started with self, just sent them along and went to pray. He went to set his focus, what was important. He needed to recharge, he needed to be full. And that was to get him to go work on water. And so, again, focusing on God. Three things God's Word, His Holy Spirit, and our focus on Him and not things around us are ways for us to keep our faith. I pray as we go into our week, what's left of this year? in our families, at the place of work, in our spiritual lives, that we keep the faith. We'll go past us proclaiming, oh, I have faith. I believe in God, I have faith. That when the time of testing comes, when the time where our faith will put test comes, mm. we shall keep it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. That's what I used to pray and say, God, give me the grace to keep, keep the faith. He said he called us, we didn't, we didn't come to him, he called us, and so by calling us, he has planted that seed of faith. Yes. And I said, you have faith like a, like a, like a mustard seed. How many of you have seen mustard seed? It's very, very tiny. Very, you can't even can, like, use your finger to take it. You have to take a mustard seed, you have to end up taking many of them, but they're so tiny. I said, you have like a mustard seed, you say to the mountain, you say to the tree, be your Peter that put it to the sea. I said, whatever faith you've considered in me, Lord, I do not want to lose it. Give me the grace to keep the faith. Despite challenges, despite difficulties, again, know that these things are not to be concerned about. We should not be concerned about them because they are indeed legitimate concerns and worries. But I don't want to shift focus on them. I want to keep my focus on you because I know it's only you that can direct my path through this. Give me the grace to hold on to my faith, to keep that faith to Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for some prayers for Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Amen.